0: Good evening, everybody. We'll go ahead and get started as everybody continues to make their way in. Thank you all for being here. We'll go ahead and start with the prayer. Father God, we are incredibly thankful to have another opportunity to gather together, to open up the scriptures, to be together, to meditate upon the truths of who you are, Father, we pray that you especially help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, knowing that all of your fullness is found in him. Father, we pray that uh, you bless our study tonight, that you uh, watch over us tonight as the as the storms roll through this evening. And Father, we pray that you keep everyone safe. Father, we pray that you bless all of our families and all of their endeavors. We pray, Father, that you help us to be salt and light in this community. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your spirit who dwells within us. And again, Father, we pray that you bless our time together tonight. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, well, good evening. We are continuing our study about God, God's attributes, who God is, uh, and just kind of looking at a few of the things that Scripture says about God and his character and what he does. And tonight we're going to talk about God's goodness, that God is good. So, as we always do, we'll start with the question, what are some of the various ways that we use the word good? What are some of the various ways that we use the word good? Last week we talked about some of the various ways we use the word love because God is love. We're going to talk about God is good tonight. So, when we say good, what are some of the various ways that we use the word good? I'm sorry? Food, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So something is edibly good, right? In fact, that's one of the first things that uh, human beings, the first times they use the word good is something looks good to eat, you know? So, yeah, we say that something is edibly good. It's, it's good. It's good on our tongue or it's good in our stomach. It's good, good for food. Good. What else? Good actions. Yeah. Say that one more time. Uh, Yes, absolutely. When you're praising children, when you're praising somebody for something that they've done. So there's good actions. So we talk about one of the ways that we use the word good is Good actions. Now we could even mean that in a couple of different ways, right? So she specifically mentioned children. We we might even say it to a dog, right? You good boy, right? Good boy. Good. And we, we don't mean that the that, that the dog was morally good, right? We we mean that they did what they were supposed to do, that they were functionally good, right? They fetched or they sat or they rolled over or whatever they were told to do. And we may even be saying that to our children: good job, you did what you were supposed to, you ate your food or you cleaned up your room so you did well you did what you were supposed to do so something might be functionally good and it also might be morally good right like you did the good thing you did the the thing that you were supposed to that was morally or ethically right any other examples you can think of what else might we say is good so health oh good yeah absolutely your health yeah yeah how do you feel and you say i feel i feel good i feel good right there's nothing there's nothing wrong with me as far as medically so it's medically good or your health is good what else good grief yeah that's an interesting one i'm not sure that, i guess good grief can be good i'm not exactly sure what we mean when charlie brown says that or any of us say that good grief what else? How else do we use the word good? Maybe if somebody asks you how your day was, right? And you would say your day was good. I don't know exactly how we mean that, right? That as opposed to bad, right? We, yeah, a bad day, we all know what a bad day is. A bad day is when things go wrong and things don't go the way we want them to do, go. So maybe when we say our day was good, we mean that everything went According to plan, right? There, Nothing fell apart. It wasn't, it wasn't a disaster. Anything else? How else we use the word good? Good choice? Yeah, absolutely. Good choice. Yeah, so yeah, made, made a good choice. And, and maybe by that we mean it, it's better, right? It's better than some other choice that you could have made, right? By comparison. So something can be good by comparison. Anything else you can think of? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So sometimes it can just kind of be a blanket statement and it's just, it's just good and we're just kind of using that to mask something that might not be good or less than good. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes we say good when we don't, when it's not really as good as we're maybe pretending that it is. Any other various ways we use the word good? Absolutely, yeah. So So maybe to wish somebody well, right, yeah. To wish somebody a good morning or a good night or a good afternoon. Good, yeah. Excellent. Anything else you can think of? We kind of talked about choices and decisions and behaviors, and we talked about morally good or even like good by comparison or even like functionally good, that something is uh, you did what you were supposed to do. Something might even be benevolently good, right? So when we say good works, When somebody does good works, we mean that that's benevolently good. They're out there doing things that are charitable or benevolent, helping people with things, right? Okay, so the next question would be, what do all of these goods have in common? If you kind of look for overlaps between all of those various ways, and again, that is a it's a lot of ways we use the word good. In fact, every time you were responding to me and giving me an answer, I was instinctively saying, good, yeah, good. And what what are some of the overlaps between all of those goods? What would you say if you had to sort of sum it up? How do we use the word good? Or... Positively, yeah, absolutely, positively, yeah, definitely. It's a positive word. A descriptor, absolutely, yeah, it's some way to describe someone or something or some behavior yes what else do all of the ways we use the word good I'm repeating the question a lot because the people online might be tuning in and not know what we're talking about so any other overlaps that you see about the way we use the word good some of the some of the times in fact when I've even said to the boys that God is good and they hear me say that phrase sometimes they push back on that phrase and they say no God is great, right? And maybe to Catherine's point that sometimes we use the word good as sort of it's it's okay, but it's not outstanding. So sometimes we use the word good as a way of downplaying positively. And so we don't necessarily mean that it's, it's the opposite of bad. We just mean it's kind of mediocre, right? It's somewhere in the middle. That may be a little bit different than how we mean to express good, that God is good. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Anything else that you might think of? So it's positive. It, when we say good, we're talking about things that are pleasant, right? That are enjoyable. That when we say food is good, right? When we say that meal was good, we're saying that it's, it's pleasant, it's enjoyable, it's positive, it's beautiful. We, we even used the word functional earlier. It, it goes according to plan. It does what it's supposed to do. It works the way that it's supposed to work. So all of these things come to mind when we think about the word good. Now, the, the Hebrew word... For good is Tov, Tov, and it's a it's a fun word to say. I like to say Tov. I've been saying it in my head all day today. And it, the opposite of Tov is Ra. So the tree of the knowledge of Tov and Ra, good and bad, sometimes we say evil, and evil brings a whole lot of other things to mind, right? When we say evil, we think automatically think of moral evil, right? Like some, something is evil and depraved, uh, but but raw just means really the opposite of good, and, and you could mean good morally, but you could also mean good as in something's beautiful, something's pleasant, something's enjoyable, and something that's bad is the opposite of that. It hurts, it's painful, it doesn't go the way that you want it to go. And it could be something is raw, something is bad, and meaning morally bad, but it may just mean that it's painful, right? So the opposite of tov, raw, is just bad. It's just something is broken, something isn't the way that it's supposed to be. And we see the word tov all throughout the creation account. So we can look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was tov. Right? The light was tov, the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And then we could go through nearly every day, Genesis 1, verses 9 and 10. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so, God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was tov. It was tov. And then it says in chapter 1 and verse 12, The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which, their, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was tov it was good. So every time God creates something and makes something and he makes it the way that he wants it to be made and it works the way that he wants it to work and it functions the way that he wants it to function, he looks at it and he says, this is Tov, this is good. And then in chapter 1 and verse 31, after he finishes all of his creation, it says, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very Tov. It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. So when we talk about the word tov, and again, I want us to think outside of just our English word good and really try to dig into the Hebrew word good. When we think of tov, when something is tov, when something is good, it is pleasant, beautiful, complete, and functional, right? And, And that's very similar to how we use the word good. When something is tov, It is the way that it's supposed to be. It's pleasant, it's beautiful, it's complete and functional. And again, this isn't a word that's sort of mediocre, right? When we say good in scripture, when God is described as good or when God sees his creation and he looks at the things that he has made, he says, this is very tov. This is beautiful. It's pleasant. It is exactly what it's supposed to be. It functions exactly the way that it's supposed to function. Everything is in, and this is one of the words that I think of when I think of the creation account, harmony. Everything is in harmony. Isn't harmony tov? Harmony is tov. Now however you think of the word harmony, you might think musically, right? When you have a whole bunch of people and there's a lot of different instruments and they're all playing in harmony or when there's a lot of people singing and they're all singing in perfect harmony, it is tove. Of course when someone is singing like me off key or off tempo and then they sort of break the harmony and it's disharmony, then you say that's not so tov, right? That's not so good. When something breaks the harmony, or when you think of harmony relationally, and everybody is getting along, and everybody is working together, and everybody is pulling in the same direction, that is so very tov, isn't it? It's beautiful. It's pleasant. It's excellent. It's functional. That's the way it's supposed to be. Everything working the way that it's supposed to be working. When you think about a clock or a watch and you take the, the face of the watch or the clock off and you look at all of the gears and everything is working so perfectly. Every part doing what it's supposed to do and you say that is Tove. That is good. It's beautiful. It's, intricate. it's functional. It's doing what it's supposed to do. And when God looks at all of his creation, all of the things that he's created, he looks and says, this is very Tov. It's beautiful. It's pleasant. It's complete. It's functional. Now, the first time that we have anything that said, this is not Tov, this is not good. What is it? When man is what? Alone, right? When man is alone, when man doesn't have a counterpart, look at Genesis chapter two and verse 18. The Lord said, it is not good. It is not tov, that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So that situation was not tov. It was not complete. It was not functional. It was not beautiful. It was not pleasant. Something was missing And so God saw that the situation was not Tov, and so he made it Tov. He made it complete by dividing Adam, by dividing humanity into a male and a female so that Adam had a counterpart, a helper. And so now things were very good. But of course, then God puts them in the garden, and he places in the garden a tree of the knowledge of Tov and Ra, good and bad. And of course he says don't eat of this tree and what do they do? They eat of that tree, right? And and maybe there's all kinds of ideas. What does that symbolize and what what do what do we do that's the same way? And maybe it's that when we do what is tove in our own eyes because that's what Eve does, to, isn't it? She looks at it and after Satan has deceived her and talked to her, she sees that the fruit is Good, tov, and so she takes of it and eats of it, right? And and maybe when we do what is tov in our own eyes, and then we begin to experience good and bad, tov and raw, and then everything begins to fall apart. Things become raw, things become not good, things become broken, things become disharmony when we do what is right in our own eyes, Rather than trusting God is good. God will provide. God will show us what is good. God has already provided everything that we need. We are complete. And it it was, wasn't it? It was complete. They had everything that they needed until Satan planted that little seed in their minds that you don't have everything you need. God is keeping something from you. And if you just eat this, then you will see everything the way God sees everything. You will be like God And of course they fell for that deceit or Eve fell for that deceit and then gave to her husband. And after that sin, then things were not tov, right? Things were not complete. Things were not beautiful. Things were not functional. Everything was broken. The relationship between Adam and Eve was broken. The relationship between Adam and Eve and God was broken. The relationship even between humans and the ground was broken. And things were not tov. But as we read through scripture, as we continue through scripture, you know who's still tov? God. God is still good. And God still does good. And God still provides good. God is pleasant. God is beautiful. God is complete. God is functional. God does what he says he's going to do. Let's look at a few verses. Psalm 86, starting in verse 1. Psalm 86, starting in verse 1. He says, the psalmist says, incline your ear, O Lord, and save me, for I am poor and needy Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good. You are tov and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Now again, this sounds very simple, doesn't it? To say God is good. And we say that all the time. God is good. God is good. Things go the way we want them to. God is good. And we say that all the time. But but I think tonight it would be healthy for us to just stop and really reflect on this. Because God is not only just good. God is the only good. And that's what Jesus said, isn't it? when someone called him good teacher, what did Jesus say? Why do you call me good? He's not saying he's not God, and he's not saying he's not good, but he's asking, why do you go around calling teachers good? Because there's only one that's good, God. God is the only good, and this is where we go wrong, isn't it? Because we we think of all kinds of things as good, right? We think of all kinds of things as good. In fact, we think we're really good judges of what is good and what is bad, right? And we we take it upon ourselves to be the discerners of what's good and what's bad. But that's what got us in trouble in the first place, isn't it? thinking I know what's good and what's bad, I can tell what's good and what's bad, and I'm just going to do what I think is good. And what happens when we do what we think is good on our own, where we decide we're going to be the judge of what's good and what's bad? I can tell what's good and bad, I can tell what's pleasant, what's not pleasant, I can tell how things work, I'm just going to figure all of this out myself. And what happens? We break everything, don't we? And, and it seems it seems so logical, it seems so commonsensical, right? We We look at something and we think, well, yeah, of course, this is the good thing to do. And then we do it and we think, oh, why did I do that again? Why do I keep doing that? It felt good, it tasted good, it looked good. I thought it was gonna end well and it didn't end well. And the whole story of scripture is that, wait, if you want to know good, if you want to experience good, If you want to be able to tell what really is good and what really is bad, stop looking inside yourself and look at him because he is good. He is Tov. He will teach you what is tov. He will teach you what is good. He will teach you what is complete. He will teach you how things work. He will teach you how to experience what is truly beautiful, what is truly pleasant, what is truly good. But as long as you keep thinking that you've got it figured out and you can do it on your own, and we're just like our kids, aren't we? Every single one of us that are parents, or if you're an aunt or an uncle, or you've experienced childhood yourself, or you've seen children, you know that we all do this. And we all think, no, 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 I don't need any help. I don't need any help. I could do this. I could figure this out. And we just keep doing the same things over and over and over again. And as the parent, we want to step in and say, "What? stop, just let me show you. And so the scriptures over and over again say, stop, human Stop trying to figure out yourself what is good and what is bad because every time you try to be the arbiter of what is good and bad, you make the situation bad. You you make it unpleasant for yourself and for the people around you. This is why you're experiencing what you're experiencing all the way back to the beginning. This is what broke it all is that humans didn't trust God to say, I've got you, I know what's complete. I know what's beautiful. I know what's functional. I know how things are supposed to work, and let me show you. But instead, we took our own path, and we continue to make that mistake over and over again. Psalm 106, or I'm sorry, Psalm 100. is good the Lord is good and if we really if we really believe this that every other thing because other things are relatively good right comparably good and when we eat a good steak or we eat a good piece of pizza or we eat a good mm, pecan pie that's my favorite you know I mean if we eat something good and we say that's that's wonderful. It's pleasant. It draws me in. It it makes me feel good. And we say, whoa, 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 wait! All of these other things, all of these other things are comparatively good. Yeah, steak is better than bologna, but you know, hold on. This 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 is not really good. God is really, really good. God is what is really good. God is truly. Tove, And if we were really drawn to him like that, like he is the most beautiful, he is the most wonderful, he is the most pleasant, he is the most enjoyable. And as much as I enjoy steak, as much as I enjoy pie, as much as I enjoy family, as much as I enjoy the mountains or the beach or whatever other good thing there is, all of these things are in some way broken to some degree. But God is not broken to any degree. He is fully complete, fully wonderful, fully beautiful, fully pleasant. But we don't spend enough time reflecting on his beauty, on his pleasantness, on his wonder, on his goodness, that God is truly good. And and that's what so many of the Psalms are calling us to calling us to reflect on and meditate on how God is good. Psalm 106 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his hesed, his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 107 and verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 118 and verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever why are we repeating it over and over and over again God the Lord Yahweh is Tov Yahweh is Tov our God he is good he is complete he is beautiful he is pleasant and nothing else is compared to him And if you want to know what is good, if you want to experience what is good, if you want to have what is good, then you must find it in Him. Because if you're not in Him, if you're not trusting in Him and walking with Him and looking to Him and believing in Him, you will not have good. But isn't that, I mean, isn't that exactly what everybody in the world is chasing? See, this is what's so beautiful about the gospel, isn't it? We don't, we don't have to start with all of these big ideas that the person on the street or our best friend or our uncle or our cousin or our, our neighbor like, doesn't even really want to think about. I mean, we could start here, can't we? What's good? What are you chasing? Right? What, what are you chasing? Everybody wants to experience what's good, don't we? We all want, we, we even call it the good life. Like, what is that? What is the good life? And we're all chasing it, but nobody ever... It's, it's the book of Ecclesiastes, isn't it? We just spin a series on that it's all hevel. It's all smoke. And we think, I, if I could just reach out, there's the good life right there. And everybody else seems to have it. And we try to grab it and it just turns to smoke. And everybody we know, everybody we know is experiencing the same thing. And if we ourselves and, and we share with others... You want to know what's good? The Lord, he is good. God, he is good. That beauty you're looking for, that experience you're looking for, that completeness you're looking for, that functionality you're looking for, like where's my meaning and where's my purpose and how does all this make sense? All of that is found in the Lord and it's not found in anything else. All the other things that you're chasing as relatively good as they might be, they're they're not complete. They're not beautiful as he is and they don't lead to the good life that we're looking for. Psalm 119 and verse 68 and this whole Psalm 119, longest Psalm, and it's talking about the scriptures, the law, and how perfect the law is. Psalm 119 and verse 68, you are good and do good teach me your statutes there it is isn't it you are good and you do good and you teach good you teach me to do good teach me your statutes teach me your goodness you are good you do good and you teach me to do what is good what is Tove? you are good all goodness comes from you God is the only one who is good and all things that are good come from God. Even the things that we enjoy so much and that, that give us those glimpse of goodness. And we look into our children's eyes or we, or we spend time with someone that we love or we eat a good piece of pie and we say, that's good. That taste, whatever goodness there is in all of these things, points us towards God, but it's not a good thing in and of itself. It's not supposed to point just to itself. It's supposed to point to the one who created it, the one who is truly, completely, totally, utterly good. Look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34. The psalmist says, verse eight: 8, O taste and see that the Lord is tov, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Right? That's what good is. Good is having no lack. It's being complete. It's being fulfilled. It's having everything that you need. Those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no tove thing. Lack no good thing. If you want to experience what is good, then you have to put your trust in him. You have to take refuge in him. Look at verse 11. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? That's what we all want, isn't it? That right there. That's what we all want. Everybody you know, that's what they want. Everybody you know, everyone in here, what person is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? That's what we all want, isn't it? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil, from raw, and do tov, do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And so All through the Old Testament, this is the picture that we get. The Lord is tov. The Lord is good. He does what is good. He gives what is good. If you want to experience tov, if you want to experience completeness and fullness, then look to him and do what is tov. Do what is good. Do what is right. Don't do what is evil, because when you do what is evil, you reap Evil. When you do raw, you reap raw. When you do harm, you reap harm. When you do pain, you, you reap pain. But here's, here's the secret, right? The secret is, and it's not such a secret, that we've all done ra. We've all done sin. We've all done evil. We haven't done what is tov and we've suffered the consequences of it, and we know it, and we're aware of it, and we're guilty, and we're ashamed of it, but our good God, our tov God, has saved us, and his goodness can be seen in the gospel. Look at Titus chapter 3 and verse 1. It's what we've been saying throughout this series, that Christian theology begins and ends with Jesus, right? Begins and ends with Jesus. So Paul says, as he's talking to Titus about his work in Crete, he says, remind them, remind the church, Christians, to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves... We're once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. That's, that's the situation in which humanity finds ourselves, right? And he says, this is why, as Christians, we can't be harsh with anybody. We can't wag our finger at anybody. All these people out here that are doing raw, they're doing evil, they're doing bad, they're hurting people, you people, you shouldn't be doing all of those bad things. Paul says, whoa, 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 who do you think you are? Remember who we were. Remember that this is exactly where we came from. Don't don't look down your nose at anybody else. Yes, they're doing what is wrong. They're passing the days in evil, doing what is wrong, hurting one another and being hurt by one another. But guess what? It wasn't very long ago and you were too. So he says, be gentle, show perfect courtesy toward all people, even the mean people, even the oppressive people, even the the people that are doing hurtful things. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to passions and pleasures this this was all of us we all did what was wrong we all did what was hurtful and harmful and we're all suffering the consequences verse four but but when the goodness when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I mean, think about this big picture story again. He's saying, Humanity had this choice do what is good, Tov, and God will show you what is Tov, what is good. And you want to experience what is good, do what is good. And God says, Here, here's what's good, do what's good. And then we said, No, 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 no thanks. I'd rather figure it out on my own, God. I'd I'd rather experience both, and I'll just kind of experiment with things, and I'll figure it out. Don't worry about me. I got this. And we went and we made a mess of things. And, And we found ourselves in that situation. And God could have just left us there to rot in our own mess, but instead, His goodness, His loving kindness, because that's who He is. And it says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, of our God and Savior appeared, in what way did God's goodness and loving kindness appear? In the person of Jesus. In the person of Jesus, in Jesus' life and his death. In his burial, in his resurrection, is it his ascension to the right hand of God? And it's this, it's this, it's what God has done that has saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness. It's not that, oh, I finally figured it out, God. I'm gonna do what's right now. Nope, sorry, too late. You already blew it. But God says, I I stop, just stop, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. And God shows up in his goodness and he pours out his spirit. And he forgives us all of our sins and he restores us so that now we are justified. We are made right. And God looks at us and says, now, now because of the work that I've done, because of my goodness, because of my loving kindness, because of my mercy, because of my grace, because of my son, because of my spirit, now you are good. You are my masterpiece. Not because you finally figured it out, but because now you finally are trusting in me to make you good, to make you right, to make you complete to make you full, to make you beautiful, to clean you up, to wash you off, to forgive you of your sins. And that's why, that's why you don't go and look down your nose at anybody else for the bad things that they're doing. Because if it wasn't for God's grace, you'd be in that same situation. And they can be in the same situation that you're in if they just hear about how good our God is. And this is why there cannot be any pride in in us any self-righteousness in us, any arrogance in us, because we didn't do it. We weren't the good ones. God is the good one. God's the one that did this. That's why Christianity isn't just a set of rules to say, okay, you had the old set of rules, you couldn't do that. i give you a new set of rules, try to do these. That's not the New Testament. That's not the gospel. The gospel is you haven't done good. But God is still so very good, and he wants to make you right. He wants to show you his mercy, show you his grace, show you his forgiveness, give you his spirit, make you his masterpiece. And now knowing that, knowing who you are and why you are that, why you are the masterpiece of God, because God is good, now what do you do? Now what do you do? You just sit around and say, well, I'm good, I'm forgiven, I'm in a right relationship with God. No, he says, verse eight, the saying is trustworthy and I want you to insist on these things so that those who believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. You see how the circle goes? We did we had the chance, every one of us had the chance to do what was good, and we didn't do what was good. We said, I'll figure it out, God, I got this, don't worry about me, I'll figure out what's good and what's bad, and we made a mess of things, but God in his goodness came, saved us, redeemed us, forgave us, cleansed us, restored us, and said, okay, now, now because of my grace, because of my goodness, now you are good, Now you're good. Now you go and do good. Now how do we know what's good? How do we know what to do that's good? Well, we don't do what we did in the beginning that got us in this mess, right? We say, okay, thank you God for forgiving us. Thank you God for your mercy and your grace. I'll figure it out now. I got it from here. No, stop, don't do that again. That's what got you in trouble in the first place. You still don't know what's good except to look to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on the one who is good. Listen to him in in humility. Listen to him, and he will show us what is good, how to do good, how to live in a way that brings glory and honor to him, how to walk by his spirit so that the spirit's fruit, love, And joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control can be seen in us. So here's how we can sum it up by saying our good God saved us by his goodness to join him in doing good. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? news? This is the good news, isn't it? That he has restored us. He created Adam and Eve and gave them the opportunity to listen to him and to be his image bearers in the world, but we did exactly what they did. We threw that away trying to figure out how to experience good on our own, apart from God. God spent thousands of years with humanity, and and we still sometimes can't, can't figure it out. You cannot experience good apart from God you cannot have good apart from God you cannot be good apart from God oh that doesn't mean that we can't be relatively good or do some things that are relatively beneficial or helpful or pleasant or whatever but in the end they're incomplete and they're broken and they lead to more and more harm don't they and so this is the gospel that God in his goodness, our good God saved us by his goodness so that in him we can now begin to be good and do good in the world, not according to our own wisdom, but by listening to him. With that in mind, let's pray. Most Holy Father, you are so very good. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You are pleasant perfect and complete and you do everything perfectly exactly as you've promised to do and father we are undeserving of your goodness and father it overwhelms us to reflect on the fact that by your goodness you have saved us and you have once again restored us to a place of right relationship with you and father we pray that this time around that we will walk in the newness of Christ, that we will fix our eyes on Jesus, that today and tomorrow and the days to follow, we will begin to realize that we must trust you, that we must listen to you, and do what is good according to you. Help us, Father, to live humbly and obediently to do what is merciful and just and right and good in the world. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity in Christ, and we pray these things in his name. Amen.